Shambolic defending, abysmal attacking. No pride, no pressure, no energy, no quality. Embarrassing. Give any fan the opportunity of one game in the dugout and watch the difference. That is the tweet I put out following the defeat to Oxford. Was that the result of someone passionate about the game at the time? And, uh, and have we calmed down some, what, 72 hours after the event? That is the question I'll be asking the panel tonight um, as we do our latest STFC fan chat. Um, you'll see a lot of regular panellists, but hidden, hidden there down bottom middle uh, is another debutante. Uh, Kieran's joining us for the first time. Good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you? Very right, good. Karen. A lot better than your uh, than your Wi-Fi is going to be, but we'll we'll stick with you, pal. We'll stick with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> really didn't scare Craig off because he's come back. Evening, pal. Evening, all. Nice to be back. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, never a dull moment at SM1. Um, Adam has not only joined us again, but he's also joined the virtual backgrounds. Evening. Evening. You're right. Yeah, very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, young Rich is with us again. Good evening, guys. Evening, sir. Um, ever the optimist, much like myself, Ben joins us again. Good evening. Evening, all. All's well. We've also got Joe, who's very quickly changed his name because he didn't want a rather unfortunate nickname sticking. So we'll stick <laughs> with Joe for now, depending on what he says. Good evening, pal. Evening, all. You're all right. And the man who gets more comments than anybody, mainly people telling me he's a Cheltenham fan, Christian is with us. Always the same person. Evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's only obviously one place to start, um, and I'm sure you've all got a lot you'd like to say on the subject. Kieran, we'll come to you first as the newbie. Please dissect what was, what I described, an embarrassing defeat. Always a good start when the debutant can't unmute himself. Um, we'll, we'll give Kieran a chance to uh, to sort that out. Adam, let's uh, let's come to you with the first name on the list. Um, was I was I reacting in the heat of the moment? Was it as bad as I described? No, <laughs> in all honesty, I kind of agreed with everything. I think it's probably after that game was probably the most passionate I felt about how bad we're playing at the moment. Um, I. I was rushing through a work call that I had just beforehand because I wanted to watch the game. So I missed probably the first five minutes, six minutes. And I wish that work call had gone on for two hours longer, if I'm brutally honest. Um, we just, we were just rubbish. It, it, there's no other way of putting it. And I know how rubbish we are because I've got connections in Oxford, like people on this call as well. And none of them messaged me. And I can only assume that's out of pity, um, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, it was just, it looked like, you know, and it says it all when you've got a missed penalty and Taylor Curran scoring. Uh, that 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 just sums up the whole game as a whole for me. Um, but again, it didn't... I, I can't even say we looked like we wanted to win at all. That's probably the best summary I can give. No, I, I think that's completely... It was a sheer lack of desire to win the game for, from what I watched. Um, I, was, I think I was more disappointed in the level of performance than I was in actually losing. Like I, like I sort of alluded to in the intro and, and my tweet, we, we didn't even try. Not even to try in a game like that is, is unforgivable. 
in my opinion. Um, I can see Rich is nodding. Are you agreeing with that assessment now? Uh, I mean, where do I start, really? Um, I, I just think from top to bottom, we just didn't get started in the game. Uh, going 1-0 down after three minutes said it all, really. I think we all would have probably assumed that. Um, I mean, it, for anybody that thought that we were going to do something spectacular like we did at their place uh, back in uh, October, November, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um People might have thought that because we were on the run that we were on, but no, I, I just can't see it. But where do I start with Sheridan, man? I mean, he's it's absolutely pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. Just, I mean, the guy, the guy himself, I mean, ha, how this guy has any coaching badges, I have no idea. Where he's done them, I have no idea. The only thing that this guy has probably passed is uh, CRB check. And he probably hasn't. Uh, he probably hasn't even passed that because apparently they don't even coach children. Um, Tell me right. You know so. what? As, as these conversations have gone on, I have to say that's possibly the most passionate I've heard you about one particular topic. And I think when you look at the reaction on Twitter um, after the game on Facebook, uh, the conversations we've had um, prior to being on here, um, there's not really anyone I've seen um, that, that could offer anything, anything that resembled a positive. Um, Kieran, I'll, I'll, um, I'll bring you back in. Hopefully you've, you've got your signal sorted there. Um, welcome again, obviously, for, for your debut performance. Can you find any positives from the, from the game midweek? I think the only positive is that we didn't lose by more. I think that Oxford didn't take their, their chances because we we were gifting them so, like some chances and they weren't clinical enough. I think that's the only positive I can take that we didn't lose by more. I think 2-1 was flattering on us. Um, we didn't deserve the score. Um, obviously, we had, the, we had the penalty, which... I never felt was never felt was going to go in because I just is is run up like I think everyone can tell where he's going to put it before he even um, before he even struck up the ball. He knew where he's going. It, was, it looked like where it was. Um, I just I think everyone in general had a poor game. Normally we've had one or two that have had good games, but I just don't think anyone was very good. Garrick probably was one of the better players, but purely for the fact he was beating men, um, he had no end product. Um, and oh, if, if I could like, just jump in there and, and ask Ben, because And then obviously some of the decisions by Sheridan, particularly the late on one when you're 2-0 you're two, two down to your local rivals, five minutes to go, and you take off two centre-halves and bring on another two centre-halves, there may be one of them that I'd have changed, maybe taken Conroy off, um, and it wouldn't be... <clears throat> um, ben, I'll bring you in, and, and I know you'll want to have your say, so please take this opportunity to do so. But picking up on something Kieran said there, it alludes to a conversation I had while the game was going on, and he mentioned Garrick. Um, I was asked to explain him as a player, and basically what I did was ignore the text message entirely until the next day. Um, now, Kieran suggested he was arguably one of the better players, but what I 
what I wrote down, I checked the text message before I, I came on, is he's a faux winger. He lacks pace, creativity, the ability to pass, the ability to tackle, the ability to shoot, the ability to cross. Um, is that fair? Um, he's not a terrible player. I think you've described a terrible player. He is a bit of a knock-and-run winger. He doesn't seem to have the ability just to beat, drop his shoulder or beat anyone. He doesn't seem to have any tricks. Um, he, he is a one-trick pony in that sense. He'll get the ball, he'll knock it past them, and he'll try and pace them with his, with his pace. And that's about it. He will run about, and he does get involved. He is always involved in the game, which is probably his biggest positive. Um, I, when he got announced that he was given a two-and-a-half-year uh, extension from Cardiff, and Cardiff, Swansea. Um, all their fans went mental, like he's the next biggest thing, and that is brilliant. Some think Evie should come back now and get in the first team. I can't see that. He, what I've seen, he's a lower, lower half league one player. I think this is his level. Maybe it's because the players around him. Maybe he's been Sheridan, and which a lot of other players have, and maybe his confidence has gone, and he's been told to do things in a certain way that he doesn't want to do. Um, so that might well be the case, but I haven't, I've seen patches where he's looked all right. So he's not a bad player. I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think he's stand out either. Um, so yeah, I'll answer your question. Um, on the performance itself, just to say what everyone else has been saying, really, it was lackluster. It was dire. It, uh, the approach I think was wrong. What I found astonishing was Oxford were, um, in bad form themselves. Uh, they liked to pass it about. The pitch was awful, uh, which is no fault Cassidy, by the way. Um, they've got drainage issues and they get, didn't get to dig it up. But it was made for us to get at them from the off. And we didn't. We let them have the ball. We let them find their feet. We let them find the form. And we just basically just gave them a head start. And it was just odd. But yeah, we didn't play it like it was that. I think... Players like Leiden got frustrated and got lucky not to get sent off. I think the only positive for me was Grant come back. That's it. But yeah, that's that's my view. Um, Christian, something we've spoken about a lot over these calls is our attacking play, if you like. Um, when you look at the penalty, um, two-part question, if it's scored, does it change the game? And two, do you have enough faith in Pittman to score the goals to keep us up? Um, to answer your first question, um, I, um, sorry, what was it? Do you ask how? What about Pittman? About Pittman taking no. the penalty? No. So, so the first part was if the penalty is scored, regardless of who takes it, right. do you think Swindon go on to to get the draw, get the win? And secondly, it was about Pittman more specifically. Do you have the faith in him to score the goals to keep us up? I think I think if we if he scored the penalty, I think we'd have probably gone on to win. We've seen it so many times, haven't we? Where we've gone one nil down, been absolutely dreadful, got back in the game, and then nicked one late on. So we wouldn't have deserved it, but I just get a feeling that we would have. Um, you know, we would have probably nicked something at the end, to be honest with you, and totally undeservedly. Um, Pittman as a striker, him and Garrick 
I feel sorry for them both. Now, I, I think you're a bit harsh in your in your appraisal of Garrick. I think he's a he's a good player, actually. I think he's decent, but I don't think he knows what he's doing. I don't think he knows what he's supposed to do. Same with Pittman. I would love Andrew Halls or whoever's interviewing Sheridan or right after the game to just ask them, can you please explain what what the what the what the structure and the, what you're expecting going forward because none of us have got a clue. We don't know what you're what you're trying to do here. If you can explain it, then perhaps we can understand. But it just looks like two players that are not being played to their to their strengths. And um, and Craig, I'll, I'll bring you in as well. I want to make sure you all get your chance to to talk about it. Um, if, in fact, uh, Christian, we'll also come back to you because I know you've probably got a lot more to say more generally on the performance. But before we jump into that, um, one of the big talking points, Craig, was the, the sub on, was it what, 85, 86 minutes where both the centre-backs got, got dragged off? Um, we're going to come on in a little bit to discuss uh, Tommy Wright's post-match. But what was your thoughts when you saw the sub? Were you as sort of confused as everyone else? Well, I mean, as, as you guys know, I, I didn't watch the game, but, um, you know, going from what the, the comments that everyone else was was saying, um, I mean, to substitute two centre-backs when you've got five minutes to go and you're, you, you know, and you're behind, um, I just think, you know, I, I don't believe, I think it was just bull what um, Sheridan said for the for the excuse and, and Tommy Wright. I think, was it um, to do with, they needed more pace at the back because they were worried about um, uh, their forward, I've forgotten his name now, um, causing us problems, even though he'd already been substituted. I, I mean, it's it's um, it's an absolute disgrace. Basically, they've done that. Um, Sheridan's done that to humiliate those two central defenders. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's 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 unprofessional. It's bullying at the end of the day. I, I feel what he's done there, and um, it's an embarrassment for for us as as a club and and everything. And it's just you struggle you know, to, to sort of comprehend the reasoning behind what's going on in, in Sheridan's head sometimes with the decisions he's making. That's when he makes decisions. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just, um, it was a piss poor decision, to be honest, to do that. And, and Christian, just to bring it back to you, sorry, sorry for interrupting. Was there more you wanted to say on, on what you witnessed over that 90 minutes? I think, I think, I think the other guys have, you know, covered it, to be honest with you. You don't expect, I don't expect a Swindon Town team to go out at home and play like that against Crewe or, or uh, Burton Albion, let alone at home in a derby game. You know, you should have learned by now not to concede in the first five minutes. That's basics. If you've got a problem with doing that every single week, you should have sorted that by now. But doing it against Oxford and then putting in a performance like that where you just sat, I don't know what they were doing. Um, and what really told was at half time when the general came back, came on, came back in the team, he was the one that looked like he was up for it. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it him that went down for the penalty? Yes. Yeah. He looked up for it. And you want 10 more players who were like that. So, you know, we know we're not currently good enough we know that performance wasn't good enough what can we do we just say what we say every week oh let's move on and maybe next time <laughs> um Joe I know you've been waiting patiently I'll come to you in just one minute for your thoughts 
Um, but I know Adam appreciates it when I ask him for a coaching viewpoint. Um, and just picking up on something Christian said there, um, why, in your opinion, do we consistently concede so early? Is it just lack of concentration? Um, it, it could be a number of factors. It could be just the fact that we ain't good enough. Um, but it's, it, it, I think it's maybe, yeah, the concentration comes into it that maybe we, we somehow are awkward defenders that they need to wake up and they take 10 minutes. To, it makes you wonder what they do in the warm-up. Um, I, you know, obviously the fans aren't watching. I don't tune in early enough to see what they do in the warm-up. But if you look at last year, for example, uh, when Wellens, Noel Hunt and all that, they get the defenders together. The defenders spend 10 minutes just literally just working on defending, clearing your lines and all that. I don't know if that happens this year. If it does, it doesn't seem evident. Um, but yeah, I just, and, it, and for me, it was, it, it was just clear that he didn't, he hasn't really told them, he hasn't done his homework. Because for me, a strike, strikers especially will always just try to do the same thing throughout the whole game. Strikers very rarely change what they're going to do throughout the whole game. So if they know they can get away with it in five minutes, that just means we haven't done our homework. They haven't looked up on how Oxford strikers play or wingers play. Um, but equally, it could be nerves. It could be anything. <laughs> Literally, there is no answer to it, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if, I, if I could also just reflect on that, absolutely terrible decision to bring the defenders off as well. Um, I, 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 I have no problem with bringing players off when they're not playing very well. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, however, he showed his kind of lack of tactical inept by substituting them when we're 2-1 down and not bringing on an attacker. Surely you would change the system up. You must have the old school plan B. I don't like using that phrase because that just means hoofing it up front. But an actual plan B, go to three at the back, stick one of them up front it for me you can't have a go at a player for their ability when you don't make a decent abilities decision there was no no ability in this decision it was purely as craig said just to embarrass our defenders who have already been embarrassed because they conceded in the first five minutes um i, I think what you said there's very true and and we're going to touch a bit more in a minute on on that substitution when we discuss what was said about it post-match but i want to bring in joe because he's been waiting ever so patiently um, and, and my leading to you again, please talk about anything you saw that you want to, to raise at this point. My leading for you is, should Oxford have had a red card? Um, I mean, it looked a pretty bad injury, didn't it? And the, but I'd watched it a couple of times and I found it difficult to really see what happened. Um, I would guess from the reaction of the Swindon players, there was something there, but then... It's a derby game. You're going to react to any sort of challenge. And Oxford did it all game. They were they had 11 people around the referee at times over a minimal tackle. And i got to say, there was one, I think it was one Leiden got booked for. Yeah, it was a firm tackle, but he's, took, he's cleaned the ball. He's took the ball out nicely and he's been booked for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in I, I, without seeing it from a different angle or, or a, better, a better camera angle, I, I wouldn't like to say really. Um, in, in terms of the general performance, what else can I add? This shambles, wasn't it? Absolute shambles. Um, you know, that, that first goal sort of sums our season. I've done it at Broadbent, don't touch it. It's probably going to, probably going to hit the corner flag. Um, so, um, and then that, that's, you know, straight away you're on the back foot. And as the others have said, the, the annoying thing for me is you're 1-0 down at home and you're not even looking like you're trying to get back in the game. You know, you've got Pittman up front on his own, fair enough. But he, he's 
he hasn't got the energy to to do that for the whole game to battle against you know Oxford a guy six foot five and we're we're pumping long balls at the Pittman all game yeah he, he won a few headers but then when he wins a header there's nobody anywhere near him you know Twine's too Twine was too far away Garrett was out wide or or uh, Payne on the other side who I don't know why he's in the team he hasn't done anything for about three months hmm. um, but it's just it's oh, it's just so frustrating and I find it so difficult. I have been watching, but it's so difficult to to have the enthusiasm at the moment. To be fair, I was just going to say, because it was exactly the same as Accrington Stanley. They had three six-foot-five centre-halves, and we kept pumping it up top when uh, we've only got one striker up top. Yeah. How's that going to work? But he didn't change it, though. That's the thing. The, the thing I was surprised with, like, last time we would be Oxford, I'm not saying it would have worked this time, but last time we would be Oxford, what do we do? We stuck Tom Broadbent up front. So if you're going to do that, you've got to have somebody up there that's capable of of doing that role for you. Yeah, we know Broadbent's a defender, really, but he caused absolute chaos last time against them. And um, it, it just surprised me that he didn't do that at any point, really. No, it's horses for courses, really. And Pittman is not the big, strong, hold-up striker, Lee Peacock type, that we need to play that type of football. He's a poacher. He's, he, he's not that way as a striker when he's playing against six foot five players they just pick it off all day he's just not that player play to his strengths we had our we had our success we had our success at the Kassam uh, in the last game because we changed the formation and Oxford didn't know what the hell was going on Mm. so why we've stuck with the same thing for 90 minutes throughout that game surely common sense tells you let's do something a little bit correct you know Let's stick Broadbent up for let, or let's you know let's change the formation because Oxford struggled with it last time, but nothing, just going through the motions, sleepwalking through the game. And sadly, it seems sleepwalking our way to relegation uh, performances like that. Um, after suffering just over an hour and a half's worth of. One of the worst performances I can recall from any Swindon Town side during my time supporting the team. Um, we then had, I think shambles was the word Joe used, um, and it's the perfect word to describe what happened post-match as well, because Tommy Wright comes out. First and foremost, I, again, I, I'll ask you guys your opinion. Sheridan doesn't come out after losing a derby to explain himself. Um, the I don't like to use the word, but there were various words used to describe him online. And I think the most powerful one I saw was coward, um, which perhaps in some terms is harsh, but also understandable why people would use it. Um, and then when you send out Tommy Wright, he, he says and does the most astonishing, um, you know, he, he writes the headlines for them. Um, first, he you know he starts shouting at the uh, at the the BBC reporter for for asking questions, um, and I'm sure at least one of you will touch on what happened with the advert midweek as well uh, when we come on to this. Um, but then, when asked about the substitution to bring the two centre backs off, the line that really got to me was these aren't chi- these aren't kids; these are men. One's the captain, and one's six foot five, as if being six foot five has anything to do with how you treat somebody. Um, it's it's an astonishing, astonishing answer to that question. Um, and and I couldn't, I genuinely could not believe 
what I was listening to. And, and again, I, I come back to it. Shambles was the, the perfect, the perfect word. And I, Ben, I'll come to you because you're the one I can see nodding away on my screen there. I, I presume you were, were equally sort of dismayed by what you were hearing. Yeah, well, not a lot of it made sense, really. I think you was just, I think Sheridan doesn't do these things because he tries, he struggles to keep in touch with his emotions. I think uh, by his little outbursts you get in the pre-match presses, you can imagine that he's just going to completely lose it and just say something stupid in the post-matches. So I think Tommy Wright just carries it for him. Um, there's a few things that I pointed out that I didn't quite agree with. First, getting angry with Andrew Hawes. Clearly he's touched a nerve and probably deep down knows he was right with the substitutions. And he was just trying to think on the spot and spouted any old nonsense. And I think it just sounded like nonsense. Um, he also said some things that also appeared like Oxford were in good form. They were in worse form than we were. They had won one in their last five. They picked up, uh, no, uh, yeah, was it? No, no wins in their last five, actually. Um, they picked up, I think, four points out of a possible 15 and only scored three times. Uh, which and they started, you know, which is another reason why we should have just gone at them from the beginning. In the, and Oxford crap the other day. They really were a team that were on it would have hammered us, and they weren't really at the races as well. They looked really nervous at most parts. And when we did put the pump on them at two one, they looked like they were going to concede another. But there you go. But yeah, it was. It was drivel. It was he was he was just sent out to Sheridan, just say anything to keep him quiet. And he was struggling, got a bit emotional himself, but he knows, I think the club knows he just it should go, <laughs> but they're not going to. <laughs> but yeah. Kieran, should in your opinion, I mean I would say every game, unless there's there's a reason he can, but in your opinion, should Sheridan be coming out after that and talking for himself? I think he does show away from it too much because when we win a game, he straight is the first one out. He does the pre-match one. So I remember a few months ago, right before the Oxford game, the first time he was sending out Tommy Wright to do the pre-match press conferences, the post-match ones, and then all of a sudden, we, our form turned a little bit. He was coming out and doing the pre-post-match uh, ones and the pre-match ones, but I think. It's fine sending Tommy Wright out in a victory or in a not so much, but that last uh, Tuesday night when you've lost a game like that with all the questions that town fans have um, over the week from obviously the previous games and the whole situation. Um, and then what he did Tuesday night with some decisions is, which will come, which come on his head as he's the manager, head coach. Um, he should be coming out and addressing them. Uh, the media and addressing the fans and not sending uh, Tommy right out to do it. It was, um, I think, yeah, carried away from it, especially because it probably could have been one of, one of the most important press conferences, pre post match of his career. If he said, if he explained his decision a bit more, maybe I don't know, maybe some people might have swung around to it. I don't think a lot of people would. Um, I think him, the way Tommy Wright spoke and the way he speaks, then. They're men under pressure. They know they're on a road to nowhere. I think. Uh, I think they're just sort of spouting nonsense, as Ben said. But um, the point as well <laughs> of Oxford being in good form, they struggled to score. 
um, all the people on its walks, and they were like, if you score, you should beat us, because we, we can't score at the minute. I can see why, with how awful they were putting the chances away. Um, but yeah, I think she's sending Tommy right out to do it. It's, may as well just send the club captain out to do it and, and just not bother with any management doing it. And then, Craig, after, after the, uh, the performance post-match, we then get the news which the club have since disputed, and I'm not sure any anything official has happened since, but now out of nowhere, the advert have been banned from asking questions. Well, if you if you look at the um, the statement that town put out soon after, it's not the advert banned. It's a reporter has been banned from the the advert. So they they're trying to get out of it on a technicality, which is just absolutely ludicrous. Um, it's it, it just shows that it's a dying regime when you start attacking the local media and banning the local media like he's done. You know, the Andersons did it at Bolton, uh, Oysters at Blackpool. They've all done that. And that's what Power's doing now. I mean, I'm sure it was Sheridan, you know, who's, who's instigated that. But for them to start attacking the press and also once it started to get um, recognised nationally with Henry Winter and John Cross and most recently the, um, the guy in the Metro, I've forgotten his name now, you know, they're, they're really tearing into them. So they thought, oh, we'll do a bit of damage limitation. And all they've done with that statement is uh, pour petrol onto the fire and nobody's buying it. None of the fans are buying it. I've never known the fan base be so united like we are when it comes to what the, um, what the club have been doing um, to, to this, uh, to this poor um, reporter, really. I mean, it's not as if the, like the, um, the local media really ask that sort of stringent questions to be fair. And I think, you know, um, he was quite entitled to, to ask that question about the, the, the so-called fight uh, yeah. against Accrington. He was following up on what the BBC um, Wilts reporter had said. Um, so I just don't really see what the issue was. It clearly touched a nerve for Sheridan. But, you know, for, for them to do that, it's, it's just, again, it's another thing. I keep saying disgraceful, but it's another disgraceful act from, from the club. And Rich, I don't know about you, but... This feels like a ride we've been on before. If you think back just a few years and you had, obviously, uh, Sam and Andrew and everything that went on while, while those guys were, were around, um, it just feels like deja vu to me. Yeah, this is nothing new, is it? Um, yeah, Sam Morsed got the well, chop, I guess, uh, about seven years ago, I think, wasn't it? I think, was it? Oh, it was during Lee Powers' reign, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't quite remember understand, but obviously most recently with Johnny, um, you know, I, th I think he's a top reporter. I mean, he's he's always on Twitter. He's always keeping us updated and everything like that. Um, and for him now to be treated uh, the way he has been after just asking an innocent question, what's happened? We want to know what's happened. And it just seems as if, because when Sheridan said it in his um pre-match press conference on Monday it's just you know I mean he kept trying to dodge the question again he's just like oh yeah nothing happened everything and he's just trying to sweep it under the rug and everything like that if there's something happening off the field that's um relating to one of our players we want to know about it and we want to know what's being doubt about it and especially the fact that it was Taylor Curran that was uh that was part of it, or is what we believe is part of it, and he goes and scores on Tuesday night, which makes it even more bad. Mm. 
But yeah, um, no, um, yeah, I, 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 I just think it's a disgrace. Christian, um, I don't, have you had opportunity yet to read the points from today's pre-match? No. Oh, okay. uh, no, no, I've, I've not. I've not read today's. Um, I was. I was just. I was just about to say that. Just. Just. Can I just quickly going back to this point? Oh, yeah, we have been talking though. Apologies. I don't think it's Sheridan that that that, that originally banned him. I expect it's more likely knowing what he's like. It was Steve Anderson. And what concerns me, the question wasn't really anything too too taxing. It's the sort of question any normal manager would probably answer or say, OK, it's sorted now. Now, the fact that it was Taylor Curran, who was one of them, and the other, I keep, I cannot pronounce his name, the lad from Norwich, who did he, he didn't make the bench, did he, the other night either? No, no, no. You know, again... Call it conspiracies, whatever you like, but, you know, there's probably something gone on there as well. And I, I expect it's Anderson acting on behalf of Lee Power that has, um, that has, that has, that has, that has banned him. Um, Sheridan, uh, Sheridan, I think he's, he's, I think he's a little bit awkward in interviews and he knows he's awkward and he knows he's going to say the wrong thing which I don't know if that's because he's already pissed by nine o'clock at night or what, but I think he lets Wrighty do the interviews because he's worried about what he's going to say. Um, uh, it, do you know what? It's, it's possibly a, a good point. And, and obviously I'll, I'll let the guys pick up on the conspiracy theory as we go along, if they want to. Um, just quickly, as I, as I look along the screen, who has seen the, the pre-match stuff so far? Um I can see Adam seen a little bit. Uh, I've seen ben. Ben's nodding. Uh, God, I'll let any of you jump into the question. Um, you've got to hand it when Sheridan does the media. Every now and then, he comes up with something that's rather funny, and you think he's missed uh, an opportunity for a career as a stand-up comedian. Um, I read. Yeah, I know what you mean. I read uh, the I point. Um, yeah, I know, uh, I know what you're talking about. If he keeps this up. Power may think that he's done a good job and offer him a two or three year deal, uh, which I thought was funny. And also on why Tommy Wright does the, the media is because he sees the game the same way Sheridan does, so can explain it really well. <laughs> um, I'll hand it over to you guys now. Put it this way, if, if that's the case, I'll take relegation right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's, here's, the, here's the other aspect on that. There's a, there's a couple of things. Um, one, I mean... Rich will know from, from from our lads chat. I've I've said if he signs, if we get him for a two, three year deal, I don't give a shit where we I mean, I don't give a crap where we are. I said I will not be watching Swindon. Um, but the um the thing is, is when he talks about Tommy Wright like that, I think he needs a new coaching staff then. If he's got an assistant manager who set thinks the exact same as him and sees the game the exact same way he does, I think he needs to look at who his management is. There, there is not a single management duo in the entirety of a successful football team where the assistant manager and the manager think exactly the same. They might have the same philosophy, but they will look at the games differently. And it's, I, I, I saw some of that. And I mean, obviously, yeah, the free free year deal thing was, was hilarious. And I, I hope he thinks that's a joke, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like we said, we've given Taylor Curran a free year contract. So we might as well give, might as well give Sheridan one as well. Just, 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 just for the excuse of it costing a lot of money to buy him out of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, 
it kind of it kind of felt that like yeah okay he he was always going to be look he, he couldn't do anything wrong in today's interview really because we saw really bad we know he's not that great i agree with christian's point about him interviewing i think he probably is awkward but he's arrogantly awkward um so it's almost like he's really arrogant but he doesn't know how to portray that because he hasn't got the results we look at Mourinho, who's not awkward in interviews but he's very arrogant because he's got the stuff to back it up um but yeah i did yeah i don't i don't buy that i think they're, they're like a double act it's, it's almost like if we the reason we probably haven't got rid of them yet is probably because we're gonna have to sell them both um oh sorry ditch them both off and it's going to cost us too much ben i can see you you were uh quite quite animated nodding along and agreeing there do you do you want to jump in on the subject of some of the comments in the pre-match as well yeah, yeah, no, I just thought it was a, it was a bit of a joke. I think I, I actually genuinely think he believed what he says. I think he genuinely believes in his own little world that he's actually doing a pretty decent job in what he's doing. Um, I think Wright is his bulldog. Um, I think back to I don't know if any people have seen the, the um, Mike Bassett movie. The assistant manager just nodding and agreeing with everything that Mike Bassett said. Uh, I think he might be a little bit like that if that's the case. Um, I actually disagree with them costing too much to get rid of because. He's only got two months left on his contract. So they don't have to pay him two months to get rid of him. Um, but they won't. <laughs> power leap, power won't. So uh, I, I think just get you there. In my mind, we, we're going to go down. And in my mind, Sheridan's going to take us down. And then he'll disappear at the end of the season. And hopefully we'll be taken over if we can sort out this Mike Stanley thing. But... Yeah, um, yeah, it was it, it was it was a bit of a joke. I read that and had a, a, had a smile, but it's hypothetical because I think we're going down. <laughs> I'm interested to know what people's thoughts are on what he said about Anthony Grant as well, saying that he did all right when he came on. I, um, I you could see he hadn't that. played for a while. Well, I'm, mm. I'm interested to hear what people think about that. <laughs> we all know he hasn't played for a while because we've now done what six or seven of these and in all of them except for maybe the first two we've said where is he why isn't he playing mm. and yes he may not have been playing for a while but as i think was it christian that said earlier he came on and he was the guy he was dialed in he was dialed into the game he knew what it was he mm. knew it was oxford in the derby Mm -hmm. if, you, if you look at it when we beat them at their place and we had that video of the fans celebrating the players coming out, Grant came out, he was loving it. He knows what it's all about and he would have given it all from, from, from the start. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not just in the derby. That We could have had that, you know, months ago if, he, if he'd have been starting him for whatever reason. He hasn't been injured, has he? You know, there's just no... There's no reasoning behind it. And it's just... Sorry, Rich. I was just going to say, these are the conspiracy theories. Like, we don't, we don't know whether or not he was in. According to Sheridan, he was concussed, and apparently that took him six months to bloody uh, get over that. <laughs> Must be he, the he longest concussion I've ever seen. He was concussed, and it took him six months. Yeah, uh, Lydon has a massive break gash down his head, and he just gets a, a reverse sort of Terry Butcher bandage, and, and he's arrived to play 30 seconds later. Can we have a minute? Terry Butcher. That band is brilliant. The thing is, though, I don't, I don't think uh, Sheridan had a choice because um, obviously, if Lydon wasn't injured, I don't think Grant would have come on. And um, even though he's got five substitutes, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have used him. But 
because he's obviously apparently the reason why was because um, they couldn't bandage him up quickly enough and he had to have like 14 stitches in his chin. So um, that was the only reason. Other than that, I can't see him playing on Saturday. Um, you, know, you know me by now, guys. I'm desperate to find something positive to talk about when everything we focus on is going to be negative. Um, so, Joe, I'll, I'll come to you first. I, I hope you've had a chance to see the interview that came out today with Clem on, on what his plan for the future is, if, if he's allowed to take over at Swindon. I, I saw, I've sort of scanned through it. I haven't really read it in depth, really. But at, the trouble is with my mood at the moment towards this club, I, I can't believe anything until it happens. Uh, I mean, I, put, I, I, put I can't see. Yeah, I mean, it's all very well Clem saying he's putting a bid in to to buy it off of Lee Power, but is Lee Power going to sell it to him? You know, what is what is actually what actually what is Lee Power's end game here? Um, Craig, have, did you have chance to to read it yet? What's your thoughts on what he's had to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I read the the full interview, and it's the only bit of good news that I think we've had for a while, to be fair. Um, I mean, like what Joe said, I'll believe it when I see it. But um, there was one thing that concerned me with what he said. In, it, it was um, that he said that it was almost incon inconceivable that the club hadn't made a profit. And he listed all the all these potential um, um, income streams that we would have had coming in. Now, he also had a disclaimer saying that he can't guarantee that that's the case because he hasn't seen the full open books, which we're never going to see un under power. But that for me was, was very concerning. Um, so he's got an insight into the club. So he, you know, he's, he's better placed than any of us to know what the financial situation is other than power. Um, so for him to say that was really concerning, but when it came to the positive thing, you know, he had a whole list of, of things that he said, and, and one of the things, considering with what's happened lately with the media, was that um, he said he would invest in management staff that will provide uh, regular engagement with supporters in the media, which is something we've been crying out for for years. I mean, if you think under Richie Wellens, it did get better, you know, all that good work, and, and he was never afraid to answer a question, whatever you think of Wellens, and but then as soon as he left, that was it. It was it was gone. So. So something like that looks good. And also um, a bit more openness and transparency. Um, he was saying about um, doing um, quarterly um, financial reports and get, doing a full, um, when it comes to the accounts, being open and transparent and, and, and revealing more to the fans for us to, to see. So, you know, if, if that does come about, then that's a good thing. It'll be a refreshing change from what we've had for the last, what, seven years now. Um, before we move on to to look at the um, tomorrow's game, um, is there anyone else who wants to throw in uh, regarding the interview with Clem? Yeah, um, I just want to say that nothing will happen at all until the Michael Standing situation is sorted. And that's not going to happen for a while. So it's lovely that Clem is interested. He's officially laid, you know, he's, he's put up his flag. He's laid down what he wants to do but it's not going to happen for a long time yet because unless Lee Power and Michael Standing can sort out their issues out of court or in court, he can't sell the club. So that's that. It's nice that Clem wants to buy it and it's great, but he can't sell the club yet. So <laughs> nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and that's it. That's what I was about to say. 
Um, I think they, it, can, they can sell it if they make an agreement. If 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 power and and standing were to sort out the uh, the ownership, you know, within the next week, month, two months, whatever, they can then they can they could then sell to Clem. Clem is um, it's going to sound like I'm standing up for power now, but Clem's directly addressed power in that um, in that um, interview. <laughs> Which, as a 15% stakeholder, does he know who owns what and everything? You know, he's not addressed standing and power. So does that mean he seems to think power does own the club? Um, I think he's just, he's just playing it safe as it is, because as, mm. as it stands at the moment, he does. Um, yeah. But I think equally... Um, Clem, the, I think Clem, although it sounds very promising what he could do, and Ben's got a point and Christian's got a point that they buy, they could buy each other out, etc. I think he's actually shot himself a little bit because coming out on that has actually just probably put the price of the club up um, because now standing in power, because they could both agree to sell the club still, um, you know, they could come to an agreement outside of court and say, do you know what, we're going to, we're both going to sell. We're both, we're both happy to sell the club for X amount. It's probably actually pushed the, push the money up. But if Clem's willing to, part way with it then you know all be all be all, all be it so um but yeah I, I think it's clever timing it's good timing he knows Clem's I think quite, probably quite closer to the fans than a lot of people think um and he you can see that we're irate you can see and he's taking the good advantage of what's happening in the in the current situation um I hope he does because it's nice to hear somebody who's not yes. just coming in to save the club it's not someone coming in to um, level things out is somebody who genuinely sounds like they want to invest and that's what we need we haven't had that for a long long time um, so hopefully you never you never know um, I mean he said he, he would like to re-trigger the um, the proceedings for taking over the ground and all that kind of stuff so it does sound promising I still believe just based on previous cases similar I still think this will be set the, the standing power thing will be settled before the court date um, because I just think that money does talk at the end of the day, and especially when it's power. Um, so, um, but we can keep our fingers crossed that hopefully a bid comes in big enough that both standing and power go, yeah, all right, then we'll take that. For what it's worth, my... Sorry, carry on. He also, sorry, we've not mentioned it, but he, he also committed to holding monthly meetings with the Trust and, and the Swindon Town Supporters Club as well. But for what it's worth, my take on it is, and I'm somewhere sort of between Adam and Joe, um, I agree that everything that I read seems really positive. And if I could sort of build my own potential owner, that is what I would want. But on the side note, like Joe, slightly pessimistic based on being burnt many times before, as you all have, I won't believe a word of it until it happens. Uh, and that's, that's my take on it. Well, we, we've heard it all before, haven't we? From previous, yeah. not from power and previous owners, we've heard all this mumbo jumbo before, and very rarely, Bill Power. <laughs> <laughs> very rarely has any of it actually come to fruition. So, it, it, I find personally, I find it difficult to get too involved in somebody saying, "Oh, we want to do this, we want to do this, we want to do this." You know, just just I'd rather he didn't say anything. I'd rather he just bought the club and got on with it quietly, instead of. Trying to give you promises. It's nice to have yeah, someone yeah, exactly. who can hold him to account for, though, Joe. 
it's nice to have something in writing which we never had from power apart from yeah. judge me in five years so yeah. it is there in black and white but it's, it's concerning that somebody with a 15 percent share in the club what he said is great but there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones um i can't quote everything every little point exactly but it was when i've had a look at when my accountants have done this it's like you own 15 percent of this club you know and you, you you don't seem to understand what the financials are at the moment. So, um, but yeah, time will tell. He's paid 1.1 million for 15%. He's paid 1.1 million and Power's not let him look at the books. Surely he's, he has a right to. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This is Power who thinks that he owns 100% of the club. So in his yeah. mind, he's not going to let him see the books. So back to square one. But legally, he doesn't. Legally... You know, uh, Clem owns fifteen percent, so he should have a right to the books. He knew about the youngsters being sold to Brighton and Chelsea, so he's obviously got some understanding. So you know, surely he can just go send me the books because well, they're, that's they might one point one million. The books might be accountable to the courts now because I think what he was made official fifteen percent owner back in November, I think it was, um, mm. out of which coincident coincidentally tied in with when the court. State has started, so mm. the account the accounts belong to the court now. Even if Power wanted to release them, we probably couldn't see them. Um, right, or, or neither. That's my assumption, anyway. Um, I think that's what's happening there, and that's probably another reason why Clem's come out now. Mm. Let's look ahead then to tomorrow, and what I think we all agree is a must-win game. Um, I'll ask you all in the in the order I've got you on the screen, sort of what you're expecting, you know, whether you want to pick up on. Will, will Curran play after his goal? Will Grant play after his appearance? You know, things like this. Um, and, and again, as always, I'll ask you for a score prediction. Uh, there's no pressure, Kieran, when it comes to you to get it right. Um, although I think someone must have predicted Oxford to win 2-1 last time round. I've not, I've never had a chance to go back and, and check um, but as it stands, until until someone tells us otherwise, this is now episode seven, mm. and uh, and no one's got one game right yet. So there's no pressure, Kieran. But I, was, uh, I got the I got the Accrington right last week. Oh, did you get Accrington? Oh yeah. well, well done, Rich. Well done. First person to get one right. Um, first person on my list here then is Adam. Wow, Gillingham. Um, <laughs> it's Gillingham. Um, should Taylor Curran start? No, I'm not being funny, but my four-year-old Arlo could have scored that goal. Um, the other... Grant should start. Really, You know, you can't say that somebody's not match fit and then not play them. Um, you know, it's... Because he won't he won't bring him on at half-time again if he's not going to start him. He'll bring him on when there's six minutes left or something stupid. Um, and But Grant is the type of player we need against a team like Gillingham. Anyway, in my opinion, um, Gillingham are on not bad form at the moment. I don't think. I think they've like they've definitely won at least three of their last six. Um, well, say they're in exceptional form then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they should be top of the league according to Sheridan. Um, so because they should be top of the league according to Sheridan, we'll probably win. Um, I it, this happened the last time we had kind of a very big week, I guess, in terms of the club. We did pick up a win against Ipswich. Um, so, I are we at home? I can't remember if we're at home or away. We're, 
game and it's an early kickoff, isn't it? It's one o'clock kickoff or something because Gillingham aren't allowed out after six. Um, but they, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a two-one win just because it just feels like it's going to happen this weekend. They won't keep us up. <laughs> Christian, this game it will follow the the same pattern as as the other the last few home games we've had. There will be no change in formation. We'll probably sit back. We might concede early. The result depends on Gillingham. If Gillingham want to come to the county ground and win, Gillingham will come to the county ground and win three one. Um, if they come and play like Crew did. We might get another two-one, but I'm, I'm going to go filling them three-one. Um, Craig, you're next. Um, well, I mean, Gillingham have got still got something to play for. I think they're about six points off the the playoffs. So, like Christian was saying, it depends on how they approach it when they come to us. But um, I, I mean, if we start with Taylor Curran, we're definitely going to lose. Um, but saying that, I think we'll draw one each, not out of merit, but just because we've lost three games on the bounce. I think we'll just end up shit in a, a, a Sheridan draw. That's it. Um, now, now, um, Ben, I'm coming to you hoping for a ray of positivity, please. Uh, two nil Jills. And uh, <laughs> two nil Jills. Uh, Grant will start, but so will Taylor Curran, with, uh, because Sheridan's a stubborn old goat. And I think he'll <laughs> want to. Um, Play, uh, play him to spite the other two centre-backs he took off the other day. So 2-0 Gillingham, Taylor Curran at fault for both, like the away game, and we'll lose 2-0. But Grant will start as well. That's my prediction. Kieran? Um, so I think it depends how Gillingham approach it, but I think it would be a typical Swindon to go out and win the game and think after the week we've Bad where we've uh, lost the box and didn't look interested, weren't up for it. So to go and win it one like 0 I think we're not going to. I can't see us scoring more than one or two goals, um, because we just haven't. I don't seem to. I don't think we've got it in us. Um, but I can see a one 0 Scotty Twine free kick to sort of settle it for us, and it'd just be typical Swindon, and we left room why we couldn't on um, Tuesday night. Uh, next, I ask you, Joe, what are you expecting? I mean, it's not going to be pretty, is it, with these two teams? Um, long ball, long ball, long ball, long ball, long ball, mm. and uh, they're going to be better than us, I'm afraid. Um, you know, we. we Regardless of who starts at the back, we haven't got the physicality to cope with Gillingham. Um, I just think they're, they're, I think they'll bully us. I think Latmus says, look, Steve Evans is a horrible bastard. We all know that. But he knows how to make teams win. And he's, he's playing a formation, a system, a style of football, which is horrific. But he's got, an, he's got the right players in there doing it, which we haven't. We, we're trying to play the same style as Gillingham, but we've got players half the size. Uh, I the only hope we got is Scott Twine from 30 yards and he ain't going to do that more than once in a game so I think 2 or 3 won the Gills to be honest uh, Rich you're up next no I think it's a shame that uh, Connell Truman we didn't win the game with Connell Truman otherwise we would have been superstitious about uh, winning tomorrow with a new goalkeeper Lee Camp so um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shame because I think that superstition's gone out the window now. But um, yeah, I think um, I think Gillingham technically, uh, I haven't seen much of them apart from the game that uh, we played earlier in the season. And let's face it, I think back then, I think we were a little bit better than them until we completed the first goal where they lobbed it over Taylor Curran and they just smashed it into the top corner. Um, I, I think they may... I think they'll probably win, but I'd like to say that uh, we might shithouse a win tomorrow. Uh, it's got it written all over it, to be honest with you. So I want to say 2-1, but realistically, if they come out the uh, if they come out tomorrow with a game plan, Gillingham, I reckon they might win 3-1. Picking up on what a few of you said there, I, unfortunately, I do feel it's, it's down to how they play it. As, as to what we play I still can't bring myself to, to say we will lose so I'm going to say it'll be a one-all draw um, but but that brings to the end another episode as always thank you all for uh, for taking time out of your evening to uh, to come and talk I know in, in this case more than, more than some of the others quite a few of you asked for this and some of you even asked for it earlier including uh, was it you, Christian, who texted me at 2-0 and said, fire up the laptop? Yeah, absolutely. Do the same tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> by, this, by this time, I'll be on about my sixth Magnus, so we'll do the same tomorrow if we lose, yeah? Um, but, uh, Kieran, uh, thank you. I know you had some uh, some tech issues with your signal, but always pleasure always pleasure, and welcome back any time. Um, and to, to the rest of you who are who are now my, my regulars, um, Again, thank you, Amanda, and always a pleasure. And no doubt we will speak off camera and let's just hope for something better tomorrow. Um, but until next time, thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers. Take care.